Greetings, friends, fellow patriots, and fellow citizens, and welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention, and this podcast and our emails and our text messages and our website and our travel expenses and our sponsorship of uh, various rallies and, and, and other organizations are paid for by the generous donors to the We the People Convention. And if you wish to support us, you can do so by going to wethepeopleconvention.org. I welcome you to today's podcast. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, then you need to understand that while, yes, I'm going to speak for quite some time, uh, I'm going to kind of filter the news of the day and, and get try to get rid of the propaganda or at least point out the propaganda. And boy, there's a lot of that going on. But we're also going to act. Okay, this is an action organization. We're not just about talk, we're about doing things. And those of you who are, you know, weekly listeners and watchers of our podcast know that and have participated in that those actions. So we are all about protecting and defending our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity and the American Constitution and our nation in general, which is under attack like never in our lifetime and probably as never uh, since World War II, probably, particularly with what's going on in Ukraine right now. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about things that affect you and your family, and we're going to kind of give you some guidance into what you can do to help protect yourself and your family and, and join all of us in protecting our Constitution and our nation. So let's get right into it. We have been uh, starting every podcast with uh, a prayer for the political prisoners, the January 6th political prisoners who are being held illegally without trial, uh, without bail uh, in the uh, the gulags of Washington, D.C. by the Biden regime. Um, they're being denied their, their rights uh, to a, a, a fair trial and to a, a, a speedy trial. They are being uh, abused in their prison cells by the guards um, and, and, you know, that's just the fact. If you don't believe that, go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Just search in the little eyeglass under January 6th, and you'll see, you know, chapter and verse documentation that those things are actually happening. Um, we, you know, so we have been praying for them, uh, to stay strong and, uh, to, you know, to just bear this burden that they are taking on that any one of us who believes as they do that, um, you know, our liberties are being violated, that the election was uh, stolen in 2020, and that the uh, Biden regime is Ill Ill illegitimate. Um, any one of us could be in these prison cells with them. We also uh, ask that you um, you write to the prisoners, and if you go to this website, just, uh, j6truth.org, you can uh, you know donate to help pay for their lawyers. You can write to them and things like that. And Unfortunately, this week, you know, the reason we are praying for them to have strength and courage and for their families and for their lawyers uh, was was brought front and center because uh, on February 25th, one of the defendants, uh, you know, killed himself. He committed suicide. Uh, Matthew L. Perna, a Pennsylvania man, prosecuted for his 20-minute walk through the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, took his own life on February 25th. Matthew uh, Perna uh, 
you know, died, you know, basically because of a broken heart and a justice system that killed his spirit and his zest for life, his family said. Perna 37 of Sharpsville, Pennsylvania, was due to be sentenced on March 3rd in the U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C., in a plea agreement on charges of obstructing of an official proceeding, aiding and abetting, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, and disorderly conduct in a capital building. One charge is a felony. The others are misdemeanors, right? This guy has no record. Misdemeanors, you aren't, you know, you, you are, you're given a, a speeding ticket in essence. No, no, no. Perna learned that prosecutors would seek an even longer jail sentence based on domestic terrorism deterrence. Julie Kelly of American Greatness wrote on Twitter on Sunday. His community, which he loved, his country and the justice system, killed his spirit and zest for life. His online obituary reads, he didn't break, touch, or steal anything. He did not harm anyone as he stayed within the velvet ropes taking pictures, the obituary said. For this act, He's been persecuted by many members of his community, friends, relatives, and people who have never met him. The, the constant delays in hearings and postponements dragged out for over a year, the obituary said. Because of this, Matt's heart broke and his spirit died, and many people are responsible for the pain he endured. So this is serious business, and it's cost this young man's life. And, and again, it's easy to despair when your government and your whole society is attacking you when you did nothing wrong. Really, in his mind, in my mind, he did nothing wrong. He certainly didn't do what Andifa and BLM did wrong. He didn't burn the Capitol down. He didn't attack anyone. He didn't murder anyone. But he's dead now. So I ask you to take a minute and just say a quick prayer. For, for for his family and for him, may he, may he rest in peace. And for the others who are still in the prisons without trial, because they don't want to have a trial, folks, because then they'd have to show the video evidence that would show these people are innocent. That's why they're pushing for these plea deals, okay? It's really, it's really ugly. We are also praying, uh, keeping in our prayers, the two uh, leaders of the uh, Canadian Truckers Convoy, who are still in prison, Pastor Pavlovsky in Canada, who's still in prison for standing up to the tyrant Trudeau, okay? And we are obviously praying for all the innocent people in Ukraine who are being killed, and we're going to talk about that later here in the show. So just take a second and say a quick prayer. We promise to continue to work for their freedom and to work to make sure that the people who have done this uh, will be, you know, brought to justice and that, uh, you know, that we will reestablish the rule of law and order and equal justice under the law in our nation in the years to come as we continue to fight against the communist left and their attempts to destroy our country and basically support world domination by China. And the other communists. All right. So how do we do that? Well, I said we were about action. And uh, one of the things we're about is the uh, People's Convoy. And this week, the People's Convoy was coming through Ohio. Matter of fact, on Thursday and Friday, it came through Ohio. 
and it got huge support in our state. And I was very proud of the efforts and the turnout by those uh, of the, the patriots in Ohio. I've shot some uh, video that I want to share with you. Most of these are short clips. So let me show you, you know, this, this clip of people, you know, who are on, were on the side of the road to greet the convoy. So, you know, I can tell you for a fact, I joined the convoy in Columbus. So I was halfway through Ohio when I joined it. And I was uh, on the road with the convoy for 80 of the uh, 225 miles. There was not a single overpass or a single exit ramp in that 80 miles that didn't have Patriots who were standing up and supporting the efforts of these truckers. Uh, there were some, you know, great, uh, you know, signs like this truck here that said, I don't blame me. I voted for Trump. Uh, you know, and there were, there were not just, uh, not just tractor trailers, but there were, you know, pickup trucks and RVs and, uh, and cars. And, and as it came through Ohio, the, it was 45 miles long, as best we could tell. And you'll see in a, a, another video here in a second that it was hard to kind of count them. But, uh, but I've got some more video here of the people, you know, on the bridges. And all the people, you know, coming out, lining up on the bridges. So, you know, the support was there. The convoy, you know, uh, I think really saw that, you know, the American people were behind them. It was, it was, folks, it was inspirational. Yeah, just to drive down this highway and, and, you know, in, since in the city of Columbus, you know, a big urban city and then out into the rural areas and see how many Americans are willing to stand up for our liberty and our freedom and to support this convoy. Now, for those of you who are, you know, are, are not really aware of what's going on, because there's been very little news coverage of this because of the war. The Ukraine-Russian war is sucking up all the, you know, the, the news. And, and I think that's really unfortunate. But those of us in our movement are seeing, if you're, if you watch this show, if you watch, uh, Dan Bongino's podcasts or, or, you know, any of the other conservative podcasts, you, you know, you're seeing coverage of this. Uh, when we were going through Columbus, the, uh, local TV station, one of the, the local TV stations was doing a Facebook live stream from, uh, Columbus, you know, at one of the interstate, uh, exits and they were interviewing the people who were there and they were showing the trucks and they were on for like hours and it was very positive. It was great coverage. It was, you know, they weren't beating us up, but, but as I, as we were in the vehicle watching this Facebook stream, you know, there's the comments that scroll up and you could see the lefties. You could see, I mean, Columbus is full of lefties, right? And they're saying, what a waste of fuel. You know, they're polluting the environment. This is all the Trump cult. Go home. COVID's over. Okay. But it's not over. The main if you go to the people's, thepeoplesconvoy.org, that's their website, you'll see what this, this whole effort is about and what they are 
going to Washington and they're not going into downtown DC. They're going to surround DC on the outer belt. I think that's smart. They're demanding that Joe Biden end the the national emergency because of COVID that President Donald Trump, you know, put in place in March of 2020. As I've told you last week and in this podcast before, the Biden uh, regime ended up extending that right, you know, when the convoy said we're coming to demand that you end it. So there's a direct insult, intended insult to the truck drivers and to you and I, the American people. And this is in light of the CDC two days later after Biden said we must have this, you know, this authority, right? I don't, in other words, they don't want to give up the, the special you know, authority that undermines our liberties with this act, okay? I, I don't want to give it up because, oh, there could be another pandemic coming. Well, we told you, once these tyrants get power, they won't give it up unless you force them to, like the Canadians did, you know, when Trudeau said, we're going to seize your bank accounts, and they all took their money out of the bank and caused a banking crisis that caused Trudeau to have to back off. These truckers are going to DC, right, to, to say, hey, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're, we want you to end the COVID emergency. Okay. So, you know, there's Biden, you know, extends the emergency. And then the Senate passed a bill just, you know, just literally, uh, this week. And, and the bill that the Senate passed, uh, you know, said that they are calling for, the end of the national emergency over COVID, the resolution passed 48-47 on a party line vote. All Republicans voted uh, to end the national emergency and all Democrats voted against it. Five senators missed the vote, including three Democrats. That's why it passed. After a new two, nearly two years of living under this state of emergency, the American people are worn out and yearning to breathe free. They long for their God-given freedoms and for leaders to take their side. There is no doubt it's time for our nation to learn to live with COVID, said Roger Marshall, Republican from Kansas, who introduced the measure. Uh, before voting began, Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat in New York, urged senators to vote no. He argued that it wasn't the right time to end the emergency declaration, which enables the president to take certain actions because new variants of the virus that caused COVID-19 may emerge. Yeah. Right? They had given it up because they want power. They want to be able to, you know, act outside the Constitution. And that's why this trucker convoy is so important to us, okay? And it's a show of force. Now, here's another video that will give you some idea of how many trucks were in it. This is at the end when they were uh, parking uh, in near Cambridge, Ohio for the night. Here's that video. Yeah, you can see that they're getting ready to get off at this, uh, inter at this uh, exit on Interstate 70. Uh, they're going to a, a town called War City, which is very rural, to get away from any city, uh, you know, authorities, and so the truckers can rest and be uh, not hassled. So they're being very careful about that. But you can see, you know, there's lots and lots and lots of trucks. So this is a good sample for you to get an idea of how long it is. Like a measuring stick for us as we're driving along, and so far, you know, it's 
fucking miles of trucks. So, you know, again, you know, people will say, oh, there's not that many trucks or whatever. See with your own eyes, hear with your own ears, think with your own brain, okay? Understand what's going on. Uh, there is a, a an event that I was just made aware of that for those of you around the country, you may want to participate in this. I will post this on the podcast page of the, of the WeThePeopleConvention.org. And apparently, there's an effort to, to call the Great American Assembly starting at 10 a.m. on Monday. That's this Monday, March 7th, where they're asking people to go to their state capitol and support the truckers' convoy, support, you know, the end to, um, you know, this this national emergency that isn't an emergency at all. It's a power grab. And so if you're inclined to do that, you know, you're going to be joined by people from around the country in state capitals. So this group, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with this until just literally a day ago. So, you know, it's short notice, but if you can organize a few people and go to your state capital, that'd be great. Remember, as I put on our, po- our webpage, I talked to you in our last podcast, it comes down to this. The working class must now show the virtual class who is really the essential worker. And, you know, in this image on the screen, it says no farmers, no truckers, no food. No farmers, no truckers, no food. If you haven't gone to our website to read this article at wethepeopleconvention.org, just, you know, click on the little search eyeglass and put in, you know, uh, working class or it comes down to this. You'll find this article. You can click on articles and it'll list all our articles. You can kind of scroll through. You need to read that article so you understand the battle we are now engaged in. That's what we're engaged in. Not just here not just here in Canada, but all over Europe and all over the world. And it, impl- it has implications for what's going on with China, with uh, Russia and Ukraine and with China. You need to understand that this is the second American revolution. And I want to give a shout out, by the way, to uh, this week, we, we got out and traveled for the first time in a long time. It was great to see people in Westchester, Ohio. We had a full house there with people standing in the back uh, where we, you know, we talked about this on Tuesday, March 2nd or March 1st. On the next day on Wednesday, we were in Columbus. Nan and I went up to Columbus. There was probably 300 people at that event, um, you know, where we got to talk to people individually and then you know make a speech about this issue the the second american revolution this is what you're in and you can't ignore it just like only like 30 percent of the colonists were involved in the revolutionary war and only three percent actually fought the revolutionary war you're still going to be affected all the colonists were affected when you know when the british you know blockaded ports and all that stuff well, the same is true here. Can you really say that the tyranny of the Biden regime and the communist left in, in, in our government, in our companies, in our institutions, can you really say that that tyranny is not as bad as what King George was doing to the colonists? It's way worse. And we are in the middle of a second American revolution whereby we, the people, must stand up for our liberty and push back and and rip off the chains you know of slavery that are being put on us 
where you can't speak unless I say you can. You can't work unless I say you can. You can't buy the car you want. You can't, you know, you, you can't send your children, you know, and have them educated the way you want. See, because like in Virginia, parents should have nothing to say about what their children are taught in school. Oh, really? Yeah, how'd that work out for you in Virginia? So it all comes down to this. And we're at a critical point in time. And as I've said to you in the past, and I'll try to be clearer with you right now, throughout the Tea Party movement, in which I've been involved with for 12 years, we were afraid that it was going to come down to a shooting war. And there were a lot of people who felt the Second Amendment was going to be the only thing that saved us from tyranny. And we spent a lot of time trying to keep people from doing that. Keep your gun in your holster, okay? But it is true that the Second Amendment is why we are not slaves yet. But fortunately, after all these years of waiting for, you know, trying to have, as I say, I always pray for wisdom and courage. It has come clear. God has given us a plan whereby we can get our freedom and our liberty back and regain control of our government and restore representative government through peaceful means. So you know, I will predict for you that you know the truckers are going to get to D.C. They're in Pennsylvania and Maryland now. They're going to be there by Monday. They're going to circle you know, those D.C., they're going to make their demands, and the national media will just crucify them, and the Biden administration will ignore them. So what do you do then? Well, what they need to do is they need to go home and park their trucks, and we need to support that. Now, remember, I said only 3% of colonists fought in the Revolutionary War, right? You don't need all the trucks in America to not deliver food or, or fuel or, you know, other goods and services in order to cause pain for the virtual class, the ruling class. If 10% of trucks stop delivering, they're going to feel pain. My fellow patriots and fellow citizens, I got news for you. They're giving you pain as we're going to talk about you know, here with this Ukraine war fiasco, okay? They're going to hurt you. They are hurting you. I, I went to fill up my my van for this trip down to Cincinnati and Columbus, and I paid three twenty nine a gallon on Monday. By Wednesday, when I was coming back, it was three seventy nine, and it's going to go up, okay? And that's not the only way they're hurting us. So here's the problem. You know, if we don't stand up for ourselves, who's going to stand up for us? And so when the truckers park their trucks and we're going to encourage them to do so, you can't complain when there's no toilet paper in the, in the grocery store. You need to say, that's great. Because until the ruling class understands that not only do we want, you know, the national emergency, which is over to be lifted because it's not a national emergency, it's a lie. We want the border closed. We want drilling restored. You want to end inflation? You want to you create American jobs? And we're going to talk about the phony jobs report again that came out. Drill, baby, drill. Okay? Why aren't we doing that? Because they don't care about us. 
And, and they're not going to care about us until they feel pain like Trudeau and the elite banks felt. Until they feel pain like when the bridges were blocked and the, the, you know, the stockholders and the, and the brokerage firms, you know, and the investors in the motor companies couldn't get their parts. Okay. They can't, they can't arrest you for not driving your truck and parking in your driveway. And they can't drive the truck either. Okay. They can't arrest you for taking your money out of the bank. That's your money. That's your right. These are peaceful ways to show that they work for us. We don't work for them. And they need to govern in our best interests because we're the ones who give them their position in this world. If I could wave a magic wand, if, if somehow I could find myself you know, in a position to, to speak nationally and to to you know, lay out a strategy. I think what we need to do after the truckers leave Washington is we need to have the discipline to say, okay, you didn't listen to us. You're treating us like slaves, like serfs. And so we need to show you that you can't do that. And I would declare that, okay, on this Wednesday, don't go to work. Don't drive a truck. We're going to have a national workers' work stoppage. And they'll do that. And they'll say, you're hurting poor people and you're hurting invalids and seniors and you're evil people without any regard for how they're hurting us, how they're hurting our children, how they destroyed our businesses, how they destroyed our health with these vaccines that aren't tested, how they how they killed people because they wouldn't give them ivermectin. We'll talk about that later. Okay, they'll scream and cry. And you'll just say, yeah, then do what we say. And so for one day, they won't. And then we'll say, okay, you didn't get the message. So next week, we're going to do a two-day strike. And they'll scream and they'll moan and they'll, they'll say, Tom Zawistowski is a communist traitor and I'm paid by Putin and, uh, and, and he's a horrible person. And you will do it and say, we demand that you close the border. We demand that you start to drill now. We demand that you remove these, these the national emergency. We demand that you start, you know, acting in our best interests. And after two days, they may say no. And then you do three days. Now, let me tell you, folks, if you don't go to work and if those trucks don't roll for three days, there ain't no food. There ain't no gas. And they have to listen. That's what I would like to see happen. And that's not unpatriotic. That's not insurrection. That's not me being a seditionist. That's me defending the U.S. Constitution. That's me. I'm not demanding that they turn over money to us like a terrorist or you know that they do something illegal. I'm demanding that they stop doing everything illegal. I'm demanding that they follow the law. I'm demanding that they release the January 6th prisoners. But see, I'll be the criminal. They're not, right? But they are. And we know that. And the only way we're going to prove it is by defending ourselves and using our peaceful power to impose our will 
on the people who've been imposing their will on us for our entire damn lives. Okay? I hope you can understand that. If you don't, you know, read this article, it comes down to this. The working class must now show the virtual class who is really the essential worker. And for my, our friends in Canada, and we do have some people who are now following us in Canada, you can't stop. You know, I'm reading articles that Trudeau took a hit and his polls are down and, and so forth and so It's not enough. You need to park your trucks. You need to take your money out of the bank. And you need to demand not only that they get rid of all of these sanctions that they put on you and everywhere, because British Columbia is still holding out, you demand that Trudeau step down and that there's new elections right now. You must show force. He must pay a price or he won't stop acting as a tyrant. It's just that simple. So speaking of tyrants, okay, and speaking of, you know, fighting fights for freedom and liberty, let's talk about Ukraine. So where are we right now in Ukraine? Well, you know, the latest development, which was a big development, is that NATO voted on Friday night not to impose a no-fly zone over Ukraine to stop the Russians from bombing cities and killing civilians and all that stuff. And uh, Zelensky, you know, the president of Ukraine, you know, called them out and said, you know, you, you just you just aren't willing to do what it takes to stop the Russians. And they're not. They're not willing to do that. And of course, NATO is saying, well, you know, if we did that, it would be an escalation and Russia may attack us. Yeah, that's courage for you, right? That's courage for you. So I have I have quite a bit to say about this. You know, and again, this is my opinion. This is news and opinion. So you can take it or leave it. But I think you need to understand, you know, how we got here and where we are and what's really going on. So let me just get into that as, as quickly as I can, okay? Um, this started back in 1994 with a thing called the, the Budapest Agreement. And in 1994, Ukraine broke away from the Soviet Union and they actually had the third most nuclear weapons in the world next to Russia and the United States, in their possession, in their country. In 1994, under the Budapest Agreement, the United States, Britain, and Russia got them to give up their nukes, give them to Russia, and we promised that we would protect them and defend them, come hell or high water, and that we're, you're seeing today would never happen. Yeah. How good's the word of the West? How good's the word of the West? Remember what happened with Gaddafi in Libya? He gave up his nukes too, right? Because we promised him this come into the world, you know, uh, the, you know, the, the, the community of nations, give up Muammar Gaddafi, give up your nukes. What happened? We committed a coup. The Clintons, okay, Hillary Clinton, and Obama had a coup on on Gaddafi and killed him. So do you think anyone will ever give up their nukes now? Do you think, based on our track record, that there aren't going to be more countries wanting to get nukes now? Yeah, if I was, if I'm Taiwan, I'd sure as hell want nukes right now. Japan just announced that they're going to try to get nukes or have the U.S. put nuclear weapons in Japan to protect against China, right? 
So that's how this started. For years, you know, we you know about you know Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the money that he got from Gazprom, the uh, the you know the oligarchs in Ukraine, you know, who were you know bribing you know the Biden administration to get billions of dollars you know from Obama to go to these the corrupt government in Ukraine, folks. It's not a democracy. Okay, the the head of the, the opposing party in Ukraine was in prison before this all started, right? It was corrupt to the core. You can find pictures on the WeThePeopleConvention.org website of John McCain and Lindsey Graham in Ukraine shaking them down with basically saying, we'll withhold our vote on money for you unless you kick back money to us just like they did to Joe Biden. But you don't see any stories about that. Oh, oh, no, no, no. So the place was already corrupt, and we were the money we were giving them was being stolen. It wasn't going to weapons. It wasn't going for the people of Ukraine. It's a criminal enterprise. And so then the left and, and the, the weenies, okay, in Europe who are afraid to fight, but they want to, they want Ukraine to poke the bear. They're pushing Ukraine for the last 15 years to say, well, we're going to join NATO and we're going to fight Russia. What the hell were you doing? This little country is poking the giant Russian bear because you're urging them to and claiming that you'll come to their aid. And now what are you doing? You're selling them out. So then, what happened? How did this happen? What was the final push, right? Because remember, Putin you know, took Crimea when, when Biden was vice president and Obama was president with no pushback, no nothing, okay? So now, what does he see? He sees the first day that Biden comes into office that he destroys the U.S. oil and gas industry, destroys it. He then approves the Nordstrom II pipeline so that Germany and Europe would now be dependent on Russia. Not to mention being dependent, but giving him billions of dollars to give him the money to do this, right? So how smart was that? Pretty stupid, okay? Then, you know, he, he, he we, U.S. and the NATO totally fail on preventing Putin to, to, from getting in because what? We didn't do the exempt the the, uh, the sanctions before he invaded. Okay, and this nonsense they're selling you about, oh, Putin's gone crazy. You know, Condoleezza Rice, he's not the same person I used to know, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? The people leaking that to you, if it's true, which I don't think so, Okay, but if it's true, they should have known that months before the invasion and acted accordingly, right? And they didn't, did they? They didn't. And then we find out that not only did Biden crush our oil and gas industry to the tune of 3 billion barrels of oil less per year that we're producing, not only did he give the Nordstrom pipeline while killing our Keystone Pipeline so that the, that Europe would become dependent on Putin and fund him, we find out that we're buying 
millions of barrels of oil from Russia under the guise of climate change, right? Right? So Russia has the dirtiest oil in the world. It's more polluting. We have the cleanest. You kill ours, but you still take theirs to substitute for that. What's the net game, climate radical, anti-capitalist communist who made Germany get rid of their nuclear power plants? They're the people who the blood of the Ukrainians are on their hands. All you environmentalists, quote-unquote, who are not environmentalists at all, you're stupid. Read the book Apocalypse Never. You're just liars. It's nothing but anti-capitalism. You caused this. And Joe Biden and all the, the radical indoctrinated communists in his regime implemented it. And by doing that, they funded Putin. Okay, think about it. We are now today bringing in 600,000 gallons of oil from Russia to the United States per day at $100 a barrel. That's $60 million a day. You think that doesn't help Putin? That'd be like in World War II. I've said this before. That'd be like in World War II, Franklin Delano Roosevelt sending you know Hitler a billion dollars a year to fight the war against us. Do you understand how stupid this is and what liars they are? Biden wants you to believe that gas prices are going up. Like I told you, I was at three twenty nine. On Monday of last week, and it was $379 by the end of the week, and it's gonna go over four dollars. And he does his State of the Union, which we'll talk about a little bit here, and says, Oh, it's Putin's responsible for your rising gas prices. That's a bold-faced lie. It's a damnable lie. It's Joe Biden and the Democratic Communist left who hate our country who are hurting you intentionally on purpose because they hate you and they hate America and you better get pissed off and you better get ready to support the truckers and to do a work stoppage because they're not going to stop because they if you take it they'll just do more and crush you and so when he says we're doing everything we can to stop Putin it's unbelievable. Let me give you a list. This is everything we can to stop Putin. It's all a lie. So they say, uh, okay, we're going to, uh, let me see if I can find this. Okay, we're going to put these sanctions on them and we're going to take uh, uh, Russia out of the swift banking system. It will cripple their banks. Yeah, did you hear this story? How about China has an alternative to the swift system? That's called chips. And Russia, all their banks can now use the chips system through China to do all the banking they want. Right? Did you hear that story? No, you didn't hear that story. So how about all these sanctions? None of them are on Russian oil. We are not stopping importing Russian oil and paying money, and so is Europe. That's doing everything you can to stop Putin? I don't think so. How about this little uh, ditty? I heard this from Senator Tom Cotton. I don't, many of you may know, many of you don't know. 
that the GPS that you have on your phone, okay, that gives you directions and all that stuff, the GPS was originally developed for military uses, you can imagine, right? So we could have worldwide access to, you know, very precise targeting data. So what they did is they, they change it. Your GPS is not accurate enough for military use. It's off by, you know, I don't know how many feet or meters or whatever. So the Ukrainian military is calling on us to give them the ability to get the accurate GPS for their fighter jets, for their artillery, for their rockets, so they can target Russian tanks. The Biden regime won't give it to them because they're afraid. Yeah, that's right. The keyword is they're afraid. It, Russia would call that an escalation. Oh, wouldn't that be terrible? Are you trying to help the Ukrainians or aren't you? Yeah, I don't think you are. I don't think you're doing that, are you? And then they just they just lie to you. I mean, they just lie to us over and over and over, right? So we're not, you know, we're buying their oil. We're not sanctioning their oil. We are, um, you know, we are we're funding their war against us or against Ukraine. We won't give the Ukrainians the support they need. And then get this, get this thing. You'll love this. U.S. is using Putin and Russia to negotiate a, an Iran nuke deal. You can't make this stuff up. Now, again, maybe this is made up because we're in a world of propaganda. All I can tell you is I trust, uh, you know, I trust just the news, and this came from just the news, John Solomon, but, but amid Ukraine crisis, Biden is partnering with Russia to revive Iran nuclear deal and thwart U.S. opponents, experts say. Now, listen to this. President Biden... President Biden said, excuse me, condemns Russia's invasion of Ukraine and publicly threatens Moscow with escalating punitive measures. His administration is quietly collaborating with Russians to revive the Iranian nuke deal and undermine future U.S. presidents who might withdraw from it, according to experts and former U.S. officials. The U.S. has partnered with Russia to get a new nuclear deal with Iran, said Fred Flights, a former CIA analyst who also served as a senior staffer on both the House Intelligence Committee and National Security Council. This includes secret talks with Russians over the last year and agreements where Russia would hold uranium enriched by Iran and give it back to Iran if a future Republican president backed out of a new nuclear deal. Think about this. Biden is talking to Putin and Russia, who is now, we're not at the table with Iran. Russia is brokering the nuclear deal with Iran, who wants a nuclear weapon for the reasons I just told you, right? Why wouldn't they want a nuclear weapon? They see what's happening to Ukraine, right? They saw what happened to Libya. So we're negotiating that when Trump said, no, we're not going to do that. And they're setting it up so that if, if we, Trump wins in 2024 and sanctions Iran and says, you can't do this. They could send their uranium to Russia to be stored until, you know, Trump is gone and it's safe to build a nuke. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, former President Trump withdrew from Iran nuclear deal in 2018. The agreement which placed temporary restrictions on Iran's nuclear program in exchange for lifting sanctions was struck in 2015 and implemented in 2016. Many experts and U.S. officials believe Iran seeks to build a nuclear weapon a charge that Tehran denies. The Biden administration has been working with Russia to get it to undermine a future Republican president by helping Iran's nuclear program. Are we really trying to stop?
Putin? Is that true? I, got, I mean, I have to tell you. I mean, I mean, we have to be honest here. I don't know if it's true. Because, because again, there's so much propaganda. Let me just cover a couple more stories so you can understand how much these people are lying to us. Let me find you know the story I'm talking about. So there was a story about uh, the Jewish memorial. So they come out and they go, the evil Putin and the Russians bombed the, the Holocaust memorial in Ukraine. Okay? That was a story that came out. And so... Uh, let me see if I can find the, the quote. After Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky claimed that Russia had attacked the, the Babi Yar Holocaust Memorial in Kiev in an attempt to erase our history, an Israeli journalist visited the site to discover that it was, in fact, unscathed. The, the monument wasn't touched at all. A narrative failed. But legacy media outlets breathlessly reported on Monday that the memorial had been deliberately attacked by an airstrike, amplifying Zelensky's claim that the destruction was beyond humanity. You guys need to come in and attack Putin because he bombed a Jewish Holocaust memorial, which would be heinous, except he didn't. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. And then they talked about uh, Russian troops shelling the nuclear power plant. And Fox News had all-night coverage of a rocket hitting this nuclear power plant facility and starting a fire. And, and they had people on MSLSD and the Clinton News Network and the other you know, leftist media who were talking about, you know, this could cause another Chernobyl. And, and this is reckless for Russia to be bombing this facility. Folks. They learned something after Chernobyl. There was no, there scientifically, there is no way that shelling this nuclear facility would create a Chernobyl or a nuclear disaster. And guess what? They didn't even hit the facility. Within hours, the Russians took over the facility and the workers there turned the plant off and it was being done because Russia's waging war and energy is war. They lied to us. They tried to tell you and I that they could create a nuclear holocaust, another Chernobyl, don't you know? So you have to be careful. The propaganda is on both sides. And yes, Putin is lying like crazy as well. We know that. But what's the bloody truth? Well, I think I just told you the bloody truth. The bloody truth is we aren't trying to stop Putin. We're funding Putin. That's the truth. And Putin's not hurting us. Joe Biden and the radical left is hurting us. And you, personally. So are you going to get mad enough to call your congressman, to call your senator, like I asked last week, to go to their office and demand that we drill, baby, drill right now? Would you do that? That's in your best personal interest. We got to amp it up, and particularly on Democrats, because folks, they see the writing on the wall. They're going to get destroyed in this election because he's, this inflation, these gas prices are going to turn everybody against them. So push them, make them do what you want. It's your only choice. And so I want to end this first half of the show because I put on our website, in the video section, President Trump's speech at CPAC. And if you didn't see it live, 
And even if you did, you got to go to our website at wethepeopleconvention.org and watch that speech. He finally gets it, folks. This speech was pivotal, pivotal. All the things you and I have said ever since Trump was elected in 16, when we were chanting about Hillary Clinton, lock her up, we meant it. We knew the Clintons were evil. We knew the Clinton Foundation was a, a money laundering operation to take bribes from Russia, from China, from foreign countries, from individuals to buy the presidency and steal our money and our liberty. And then Donald Trump at all his rallies, let us say, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. And then he got elected. And the first thing he says in January of his first term was, well, I'm not going to lock her up. They're good people. I went to Chelsea's wedding. What a fool. How dumb was that? How ignorant to not understand why we were chanting, lock her up. She's not a good person. They're evil. They're the most evil people in American history. They're traitors and criminals. And you know what? In his speech at CPAC, Donald Trump finally said it that these people are evil, they're criminals, they hate America, they must be destroyed, that he would do it if reelected, that it's global in nature. He wants the power to fire anyone in the executive branch. He, he talks about all the steps they would take to rein in the deep state and eliminate the threat to America, to, to root out the communists. Okay? He never said that before. I don't know who wrote his speech. I'm glad they did. And, and President Trump delivered it, and I hope the hell he believes it. But it's the first sign that gives me hope that Donald Trump understands the nature of the war that we are in. It's global. It's against, it's, it's communism and the state versus individual freedom and liberty. He finally gets it. If you didn't watch it, watch it today, right after this podcast, and then share it. This is important to you. And a lot, you know, and nobody covered it, nobody talked about it. So we're going to take a short break. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm sure glad you joined us today. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. When you're playing a video, including our podcast, you'll see this little cloud button and if you click it, it'll actually download the the video to your hard disk. And this works on our podcast page as well. If you if you're playing our podcast, and it's going to be loud, so I won't play it for much. But there's our podcast playing, and you can see this little you know download button. Okay. The other thing you got to notice on our podcast page is that there's a link here where you can send me a message 
about this podcast. Hey, it was great. Hey, I didn't like it. What you know, something was wrong, or here's a correction, that kind of thing. You can use that link. And then these are the stories that I covered in this particular podcast. And you'll see there's links that go to the stories that to the articles that I used in reporting on that. So you can you can click on that. Um, you'll also see that um, you can sign up for our emails and text messages, but you can also watch our podcast on Roku TV and on Amazon Fire TV. And these are the instructions for doing that. So this is all on our, our podcast page, right? Right on the front page where the yellow button was. So if you click there. You know, this is our podcast page. These are the instructions for watching on Roku TV or Amazon Fire. And I watch our podcast on TV. It just feels more comfortable. Uh, so you can do that. We're also on Rumble. Uh, if you go to Rumble, uh, you should join Rumble. Uh, and, you know, it's Tom Z at WTPC. You'll see our podcast there. Um, we're also on uh, Brighteon which we just joined that. We just started adding our, our videos there. So you can get us a lot of different ways, including on Apple iTunes. And then this is an audio uh, version of our podcast. If you click here, it'll just play the audio of the podcast. It will not, uh, you know, uh, you know, show you the video. So people can, you know, listen to that while they're jogging or, you know, working out, working in the yard or just relaxing and just want to listen to the audio and not watch the video. And again, this is available on phone, on your iPad, on your laptop, on your computer, any way you want. And you can share you know, this, this, you know, whatever you see, if you're on a page that you, you know, you really like and, you know, you see an article that you think, geez, I've got to share this article, you know, with uh, someone in my family. You can send them an email by clicking on the little envelope. You can uh, post it on Parler or MeWe. If you click on this, you get all kinds of options, you know, where you can put it on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, which we don't support, but uh, you can do whatever you want. So, so we ask that you share what uh, you see on our We the People convention site and that um, you get more people to look at it because uh, that's the whole idea here, to help uh, educate people, inform them. And then, as I said uh, before, Link, we're not just about talk, we're about action. And in my podcast every week, uh, which is published every Saturday, so if you, you know, the new podcast usually comes out every Saturday, and in that podcast, I will ask you to do certain things that will help protect and defend your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. So that's the We The People Convention website. Come back often, use it uh, to be informed, be informed, and uh, share it with others. Thanks a lot. All right. So thank you for um, your donations if you donate, but mostly you know, it's all about your actions. I mean, what does it matter if I you know ask you to do something like call your senator and congressman and you don't do it? You know, it doesn't matter what I say. It's what you do that matters. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Because I know what you do. I see it. We win. We don't just mess around. We don't, I don't, I will never waste your time, effort, or money. But when I say to, I need you to run to the battle, you need to grab your musket and run to the battle. That's the way this works. I will not waste your time, effort, or money. I will not ask you to do anything that I don't think has a real legitimate chance of making a difference. I respect you too much. And that's the way we do things here. So thank you for your actions and thank those you who can afford to donate for your donations to make this all possible. Thank you very much.
Okay, so on with what I call the second half of the show, but I think most of you are realizing that I think since I had COVID or something, something's wrong with my brain, but like I can't seem to figure out where the halfway point in the show will be. So I'm going 45 minutes, 50 minutes in the first half of the show, and then 20 minutes in the second half of the show. So the second half of the show is going to be shorter like it's been, but there's some really good stories, but I can go through them much quicker. So let's start with uh, Biden's State of the Union, his first State the union because they didn't have one because of COVID and all that nonsense. Okay. So again, 38 million viewers, you know, watched falling short of Trump's 45.6 million for his first state of the union message. But you got to remember that's 38 million out of about 250 million adults in the United States. That's pathetic. But why would you watch someone lie to your face? What? I mean, seriously, what was Joe Biden going to say in his State of the Union that you could trust or believe? He's a pathological liar. All the Democrats, they're taught how to lie. It's the only thing, only skill that they're really good at. They're really good. Whether it's Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, you, you name it, Stacey Abrams, their main skill, Barack Obama's and Michelle Obama's, is lying. Okay? So why would you tune into that? And so, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to sell you that, uh, oh, COVID is ending, though he won't drop the national emergency, but COVID is ending because we defeated it. Yeah, nobody buying that, all right? 38 million people watched, 41% did not agree with what he said in his own State of the Union. And the squad, the nut job, radical left squad held a counter- uh, you know, State of the Union to their own Democrat, supposedly Democratic Party. It's pathetic. It's disgusting. Though I will say to you, and I don't, you probably didn't see this. Now, I have it posted on our website. Maybe I need to do this, but you can find it. Just go to any search engine and search on Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds' State of the Union response. She gave the response for the Republican Party. Her name is Kim Reynolds, Iowa Governor. It's about 30 minutes long. No, it's, I think it's only 14 minutes long. Maybe I will post it. But if not, just search on Kim Reynolds, you know, Iowa governor, State of the Union response. Wow. I mean, you talk about powerful. You talk about meaningful. You talk about articulating, you know, a vision and who your party is and stuff. After hearing Joe Biden couldn't make a coherent sentence, stumbled, bumbled, fumbled, you know, had no idea what he's saying. Go watch that. It'll 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 really you know show you the difference. And I think a lot of people did. And, and MSLSD and the Clinton News Network and all of them showed that. And a friend of mine who watched them when they showed that they were not happy after Biden's speech. And then after she spoke, they all had this look on their face like, "Oh my God, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. We're winning." For all you guys who believe the propaganda and think we're losing. We're not losing anything. We're winning. We're winning big and we're marching and we're growing and we're coming for them. Okay, so here's some more propaganda for you. So Friday, they come out with the jobs numbers, 
right? The much-anticipated jobs numbers for February, okay? Non-farm farm payrolls added a whopping, you get this? A whopping 678,000 jobs in February, well above the consensus estimate of 400,000, and the unemployment rate dropped two-tenths of a point to 3.8%, the lowest of Biden's presidency, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported on Friday. Now, this is the same U.S. Department of Labor Statistics who we proved to you lied about the January numbers. The Wall Street Journal called them out and said, oh yeah, they changed the formula for determining unemployment. And that's why the numbers were up. Okay. So remember that you can't believe these people because they're proven liars. But let me put it in perspective. Let me put the lie in perspective so you understand where you and your family really are. Okay. So here's the importance point. The number of Americans counted as employed increased by 598,000 in February to 157,722,000, the highest it's been since the record of 58,860,000 people, 66,000 people counted as employed in February 2020. What that means is these people we are adding back aren't new jobs. Donald Trump created millions of new jobs and set these new records of job participation rate and number of employed, which was 158,866,000 in 2019, at the end of 2019, before COVID. We are still a million jobs short of where we were three years ago. That's not good. That's bad. And guess what? When we were creating those jobs in 2019, real jobs, new jobs, really new jobs that paid good wages because there was a competition for employees. Yeah, inflation was like 1% or two. I can't remember which. It's seven or nine or 10% now. So the jobs you're getting aren't paying for the inflation. Don't believe the lie. It's propaganda. Does that put it in perspective for you? We didn't add, you know, 678,000 new jobs in February. We just are finally, after three years, getting 678,000 people who were working back to work. Hardly something to go and get all excited about. And, and, and as this CNN poll showed, you know, this was from, uh, you know, January to February 6th. What has Biden done that you approve of? And it says nothing, 56%. The economy, 15%. Coronavirus, 6%. Personal traits, foreign policy, other issues. He's a total failure because they're liars. And we see it. And people didn't vote for this. They were lied and the election was stolen. And that's why his polls are so low. And you just, you know, you have to understand, you know, that people, you know, they're woke, we're awake, we're starting to understand. And here's an area where we're really starting to understand, and that is the truth is coming out about COVID deaths. Hospitals receive payments for testing every patient for COVID, every COVID diagnosis, and every COVID, quote, death, as well as any time they use remdesivir and mechanical ventilation, okay? That's how they were paid. Colon deaths have been vastly overcounted. 
Dr. John Campbell reviews recent data released by the UK government in response to a Freedom of Information Act request. They show that the number of deaths during the 2020, during 2020 in England and Wales, where COVID-19 was a sole cause of death, was 9,400, and of those 7,851 were aged 65 and older, with the median age of death at 81.5 years. So in all, for the 21 months covering January 2020 through September 2021, the total COVID death toll in England and Wales was 17,371. Now that's from COVID, a far cry from what's been reported. At the end of September 2021, the UK government reported that the deaths were 137,133 compared to 17,371 that this doctor has figured out, okay? And so you know, they're looking at the data going back, which we haven't done here in the U.S. yet. We're not doing this. We need to, we need to push our states to do this, to investigate this. But COVID has probably killed those who are close to death. Campbell points out that of the 17,371 uh, people who had COVID as the sole cause of death, 13,567 were 65 or older. The average age of death in the UK from COVID in 2021, the average age was 82.5 years. Compare that to the projected life expectancy in the UK, which is 79 for men and 82.9 for women. This hardly constitutes an emergency, least of all for healthy school and working age individuals. Campbell then goes on to review the data on excess deaths from cancer. Estimates suggest there have been an extra 50,000 cancer deaths over the past 18 months in the UK that normally would not have occurred. Delayed diagnosis and inability to receive proper treatment due to COVID restrictions are thought to be the primary reasons for this. In the U.S., data suggests a similar pattern of exaggerated COVID death statistics. Most recently, U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention Director Walensky cited research showing that 77% of the people who had received the COVID jab, who had, who had received the COVID jab, yet died from COVID, also had on average four comorbidities. Four, 77.8% of the people who died, okay, had four comorbidities. I'll post this article on the podcast webcase, as you saw, where I put the links, and you can read it yourself and share it, but it's just outrageous. But it doesn't get any more outrageous than this, folks. On our website, in the video section, you will see a story that says, who stopped ivermectin from being approved for use against covid Watch this video and see the true evil and greed kills millions. Folks, this is, again, not a long video, but it's this British woman scientist who accuses this Dr. Hill of literally killing millions of people because he got paid by the Gates Foundation. Now, I'm going to just play a clip of this, okay? But you got to go watch the whole thing at WeThePeopleConvention.org. Watch this clip. So how long are you going to let people carry on dying unnecessarily? Up to you. What is your, what is the timeline that you've allowed for this then? Well, I, th I think then it goes to the WHO and the NIH and the FDA and the EMEA, and they've got to decide when they think enough's enough. Because and how do they decide? Because there's nobody giving them good evidence synthesis, because yours is certainly not good. Well, when yours comes out, which will be in the very near future, at the same time, there'll be other trials producing results which will nail it with a bit of luck. 
and uh, we'll be there. Yes, already nailed. Well, what I hope is that this this stalemate that we're in doesn't last very long. It lasts a matter of weeks, and I guarantee I will push for this to last for a short amount of time as possible. So, how long? How long do you think the stalemate will go on for? How long do you think you'll you'll well, okay. From my side, okay. From my side, every single new trial that comes through, we're going to be aggressively adding it on, and I think end of Feb will be that six weeks. How That's many people die every day? <laughs> well. There is a whole group of people who think that ivermectin is, is, is complete rubbish. I'm not talking brand. about them. I'm not talking about them. I'm saying we know the evidence. How many people what die want... today? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, 15,000 people a day. 15,000 yeah, people a day times six weeks? Yeah, sure. First, no, I get we have it. to try and get it into the UK because at this rate, yeah. all other countries are getting ivermectin. My goal is to get the drug approved. And to do everything I can to get it proof so it reaches the maximum. Well, you're not doing everything you can because everything you can will involve saying to those people who are paying you, I can see this prevents death, so I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to support this conclusion anymore. And I'm going to tell the truth. That's pretty damning. That guy's name is Dr. Andrew Hill. And basically, she and a bunch of other people were part of this official study to say, does ivermectin work or not? And they found that ivermectin, if given to people with COVID, would prevent 75% of the deaths. That's what they are found in multiple studies. And this group worked together to to create this report that this Dr. Hill was supposed to, you know, submit. And when he submitted it, he put language in it that basically said it's not clear yet whether ivermectin works. And the Gates Foundation and the pharmaceutical companies and Fauci used his report to get MSLSD and the ABC, CBS, NBC, the BBC, everyone in the world then said, Ivermectin is horse dewormer. It doesn't work and we won't approve it. This guy says he thought in six weeks they could have other studies that would, would get it approved. And she said, how many people die in that six weeks? He said 15,000. And she said, so you're willing to let 680,000 people at 15,000 a day for six weeks would die when you know for a fact it works and you're being paid to say it doesn't. This guy is a scumbag. He's, he's, and they're accusing him of being a murderer and the Gates Foundation and all the rest. And they are murderers. And the truth is coming out. Now, again, this, this video is on our website in the video section. It, you can watch the whole thing. You can decide for yourself. But they're the ones accusing this guy of basically killing ivermectin as a, as a treatment for COVID when he knew and they knew without any doubt that it worked. That's evil, folks. That's why in our, the story says, watch this video and see true evil and greed kill millions. They did it for the money. He did it for the money. 
That's what we're fighting. Evil. We're fighting evil. But as I said, we're winning because we're exposing this stuff. And you're sharing that video with people who don't know because you didn't even see that video. So we've got to share it. You've got to share this podcast because this is the truth. So here's some more truth. New York Times story. Democrats flip to Republican in political upheaval in border towns. Okay, now we've had story after story after story about how the Democrats are in so much trouble because Hispanics and blacks and suburban women, are, which are their base, are moving to the Republican side in droves and they ain't coming back. And again, if you didn't read the story that I gave you about Tucker Carlson and Fox News and how many Democrats are now watching Fox News and not watching MSNBC and, and CNN and the others, you got to go watch that because it's a tidal shift. And it's, and everything we're doing is resulting in stories like this one from the New York Times. Okay. A couple of years after former President Trump made significant gains in often Hispanic majority Democratic counties along the United States uh, and Mexican border in Texas, a wave of Democrats in one particular community are switching parties to join the GOP. In Terrell County, Texas, the New York Times reports that multiple elected officials are opting to run for the first time as Republicans rather than as Democrats in a quiet political upheaval across U.S. border towns, fueled mostly by rising crime and constant wave waves of illegal immigrants. First, the Democrat county judge said she would seek another term as a Republican. Then the county clerk and treasurer decided that they too would abandon the Democratic Party, which has long held sway in local elections and run this year as a Republican. A county justice of the peace felt the urge to switch parties as well, but she did not want to disappoint her parents who raised her as Democrats. The transformation of local politics in Terrell County, a working class border community of fewer than a thousand people, provides an ominous signal for Texas Democrats. Conservative Hispanics are not only realigning in presidential elections, but also in contests much closer to home. Okay? The Times admits that the country, uh, the county's elected official shift to the GOP can be traced to President Joe Biden's ongoing border crisis where more than 2 million illegal aliens arrived in the U.S.-Mexico border last year, and more than 2.1 million are expected to arrive this year. Okay? Now, again, that last piece was real important that they're shifting to Republican, not just for presidential elections, but for local elections. You, I, we are on a mission to destroy the Democrat Communist Party. If you have a D next to your name, you are bent on destroying our country and our family and our lives. We are going to destroy you. You have to be on a, on the war path that no one you know should vote for any Democrat for anything. We have the opportunity this year to send the Democratic Party into history as, as into the dustbin of history because they are so anti-American. They don't deserve to exist as a party. No Democrat should win any election in your community. And you should point that out. You either say you denounce the Democratic Party and run as a Republican or as an independent, or you cannot be elected because you are a communist 
who is doing all this stuff to destroy our nation. That's our message. We're not just going after one or the other or the bright, shiny object. It's scorched earth, baby. It's scorched earth. And anyone you know who's a registered Democrat, you need to make sure they understand there is no Democrat party. It doesn't exist. Your party's died with Obama. They're communists. And if you think you are a Democrat, then you're a communist too. You damn commie. Get the hell out of our country. And then, you know, these are the same people, I'm sure those people you know, I'm talking about in your life are the same people who, who think it's crazy that you say the election was stolen in 2020 when it wasn't crazy for Hillary Clinton to say it was stolen and it wasn't crazy for them to say Russia, Russia, Russia and that Putin was controlling Trump and it's all been proven wrong, but they want to believe that. But for you to say the election was stolen, you're nuts. Matter of fact, you're a traitor. You're an insurrectionist, don't you know? Yeah, stick this in there here. Wisconsin Special Counsel finds Zuckerberg election grants were bribery. Yeah, bribery. Nearly $9 million in Zuckerberg grant funds directed solely to five Democrat strongholds in Wisconsin violated the state's election code prohibition on bribery. That conclusion represented by but one of the many troubling findings detailed in the report submitted today by a state-appointed special counsel to the Wisconsin Assembly. Last August, Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Voss authorized the Office of Special Counsel, headed by retired state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman, to investigate concerns about election integrity in a 2020 election. Gableman delivered an interim report to the State Assembly on November 10th. Earlier today, and this is March 1st, uh, the special counsel provided a second interim report to the state legislative body, noting the report is final in the sense that it provides a list of recommendations with time for the legislature to act before the close of its session in March, meaning fix this now before the primary election. From the details exposed in Monday's special counsel report, the state legislature has much work to do to address the numerous questionable and unlawful actions of various actors in 2020 election. The first unlawful action, according to the report, concerned the payment of grant funds to five Wisconsin counties that were used to facilitate voting. That arrangement, Gableman wrote, violated Wisconsin Statute 12.11, which prohibits election bribery by providing it is illegal to offer anything of value to or for any person in order to induce any elector to go to the polls or vote. According to the report, Priscilla Chan and Mark Zuckerberg provided financing that allowed the Centers for Tech and Civic Life to offer nearly $9 million in Zuckerbucks to Milwaukee, Madison, Racine, Kenosha, and Green Bay counties. In exchange, the Zuckerbucks 5 as the report called the counties, in effect operated Democratic get-out-the-vote efforts. Those grants then paid for illegal drop boxes to be placed in Democratic strongholds. Bribery. Zuckerbucks. If Zuckerberg grants for bribery, when will he and others be charged with the crimes they committed? That's the next part, right? They love to tell us, you know, that, oh, there's nothing to see here, but when we prove it, who goes to jail? The problem is nobody. Those of you in Wisconsin, you need to demand that somebody go to jail because they just said what they did was illegal. 
Now, again, this, this guy who's a former Supreme Court justice who's a special counsel says in his report, well, my goal was not to decertify the 2020 election or prove that it was illegal just to give you know, the, the legislature you know, guidance on what they need to do going forward. Yeah, that's not good enough. Yes, do that and then also charge these people. They broke the law and they stole our votes and our election. That's the fact. Okay, so again, keep fighting. I took particular joy in this story. NRA scores court victory against AG Latita James in New York. Now, why do I take particular joy in this? Well, because this was nothing but an illegal partisan attack on one of the greatest institutions in American history, the National Rifle Association. Full disclosure, we give money we're the members. We've worked with the NRA. We support the NRA. I'm not saying this because I support the NRA. I'm saying this because it's a fact. The NRA won a legal victory when a New York Supreme Court judge ruled that Attorney General Latita James could not pursue dissolving the gun rights group. In short, the complaint does not allege a type of public harm that is the legal linchpin for imposing the corporate death penalty, New York Judge Supreme Court Judge Joel Cohen ruled. During the 2018 campaign to be New York's Attorney General, James labeled the gun rights group a terrorist organization and vowed to target the NRA. Yeah, that's, that's what your Attorney General should do. They should target groups that they don't agree with, right? That's what you want in your attorney general. The NRA is a prominent advocacy group, says the judge, that represents the interests of millions of members who have stuck with it despite the well-publicized allegations in this and other cases, Cohen wrote in his ruling. The state-sponsored dissolution of such an entity is not something to be taken lightly or without compelling need. It said, in short, the complaint does not allege the type of public harm that is the legal instrument for imposing such a penalty. So the NRA won a huge fight, and they're moving their headquarters. They, you know, they were only in New York uh, because of historic reasons. Okay, I mean, when you're a hundred-year organization, a lot's changed. So hopefully, they're 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 getting everything out of New York. But it was great again to see someone, even in New York State follow the law, and push back on these radical leftists who don't follow the law, don't believe in the law, only use the law when it benefits them, and they ignore the law when it doesn't benefit them, okay? All right, so we're going to wrap up the show. Um, You know, this is our mantra. This is the 2020 Patriot Priority List. Fix the fraud legislatively. We just talked about Wisconsin. You know, you know about the integrity, you know, the, the uh, voter integrity scorecard. If you go to the front page of the we the people convention.org, you'll see right on the front page, uh, buttons. And one of the buttons says, you know, fix the election fraud in your state. You click that and you'll get to the Heritage Foundation Election Integrity Scorecard, which tells you what's wrong in your state. And they are updating this in real time. So as legislation gets passed, they're doing that. They're fixing it so you can see if if progress is being made. It's up to us to fix the fraud. Talk to your local board of elections. Go over the things that are not being done in your state or in your county and demand that they do them. Write to your Secretary of State, talk to your legislators. There is zero excuse 
for any state to not get a 100% score on election integrity. And guess what? Out of 50 states, there are none. The states, the top 10 states have a score of like 70. Okay. We've got work to do. Take over the operation of the polls. We've talked about this. Hans von Spakovsky from Heritage, one of the leading experts on election fraud. I did an interview with him. It's on our We the People Convention website. Watch it. It's brilliant. He's brilliant. He says, if you want fair elections, you got to work at the elections. I'm not talking about just being there the day of the election to, you know, to, to check people in and give them their ballot. I'm talking about working at the Board of Elections before, during, and after your election in the primary and the general where you're opening up the absentee ballots if you have absentee balloting. You're checking the signatures. You're watching how the vote's being counted. You're watching after the fact when the polls are closed that the ballots are being secured and that both Republicans and Democrats have eyes on them. That's our job. That's what the We the People Convention is committed to. The most important thing that you can do to protect your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity is to get you and your family and your friends to work the polls like they did in Virginia and ended up winning for Yunkin. That's how we win. We obviously are still recruiting and supporting warrior candidates. We need people who are not just talk but are action. In the congressional and Senate races, you need to just look them in the eye and say, will you vote to impeach Joe Biden for his criminal activities? He has violated the law on the border. He has violated the law with regards to the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, uh, vaccine, you know, mandates. The courts have ruled this way. He constantly violates the law. That's an impeachable offense. If they will not vote to impeach Joe Biden, you need to tell them they need to step down. They need to drop out of the race because that's what you're going to have to do minimum to defend our republic. And then we have to turn out our vote in huge numbers. And so we can't be talking to people about, oh, the thing's rigged. You can't win. You know, why vote? You know, I voted in 2020 and they stole it. No, no. That's what losers do. You tell them, listen, you vote because I'm going to be there working the election and I'm going to make sure your vote counts. You vote because see this list? These are things we didn't have in place in 2020 that were loopholes that the left used to cheat. We just closed six of these, seven of these, eight of these, whatever they are. That's what you tell them. And then you say, get the hell out and vote for America, okay, and get others to do the same. That's what you're going to have to do to win this thing, okay? So lots of asks this week. I said at the beginning of this program, we know we're about action, not about words. I've been asking you to do a lot of things. I want to thank you for you know, watching today's podcast. I need you to tell other people about it. Uh, you know, we're banned from YouTube, we're banned from Twitter, we're banned from Facebook. So the only way people know about our podcast is if you share it, if you tell them about it. And if you can find better news anywhere else than what you got in this last hour and a half, then go ahead and watch that. But I think this is pretty pretty good stuff. If you have information that you want me to cover, if you think I'm wrong, if you have a correction, send your comments to info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Info at wethepeopleconvention.org. I read every one of them. I replied almost all of them. Okay? This is your podcast. I'm not the brightest bulb in the lamp. Okay? I have the, the unbelievable asset of 
tens of thousands of people around the country sending me information. It's like having the biggest research department in the world, okay? And you send me information that's really good because you don't have an agenda and you also vet it and you ask questions. You don't send me garbage, right? And that's why this podcast is what it is. It's because of you, not me. So I appreciate you letting me deliver this to all of you to share what you know with others and to come up with a coherent plan, okay? And our plan is to support the, the, the truck drivers, to support the, you know, the, the, the work stoppage that we're going to have to do to rein in the people who want to rule over us, the virtual class. That's the plan. I hope I articulate it clearly to you, okay? And if not, like I tell you all the time, go back. You know, you don't have to watch the, the podcast beginning to end. Look at the, the links, you know, on the on the podcast page. It tells you what time I cover which story. It gives you a link to the paper or video that I use in that story in most cases. And go back and listen again to the whole thing about why the trucker people's convoy is important to you and your family. It's probably the most important thing in your life, okay? If you didn't get it the first time, please go back and watch it, okay? I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. We will be back next week if God decides that should happen, and we'll see you then. Never doubt that we will win. Never doubt that you know we will persevere over this evil. All we have to do is never quit. There's way more of us than there are them. We're smarter than them. We have more assets than them, but we're not as evil as them. And so sometimes it takes a little pain. Man, sometimes it takes a lot of pain for them to inflict on us before we finally fight back. But I think you'll agree, we're, if we're not at that point, we're right there. We're ready to reach it. Let's fight. Let's fight for liberty. Let's fight for freedom. Let's fight for our prosperity. Thanks for joining me.
This is a quote from Winston Churchill that I put at the end of every broadcast, but uh, I was talking to my sister-in-law in Missouri, Marsha. Hi, Marsha. And she was telling me that she listens to our podcast in her car uh, when she's driving back and forth uh, to work and stuff. And so I, I realized that you know, I put this at the end of every podcast and they don't get to see it. And so they don't know it's there. So I'm just going to read it to you. This is for you, Marsha. If you will not fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you will not fight when your victory is sure and not too costly, you may come to the moment when you will have to fight with all the odds against you and only a precarious chance of survival. There may even be a worse case. You may have to fight when there is no hope of victory because it is better to perish than to live as slaves. Winston Churchill. And I also have another quote from him that I put on all my emails. It says, and if you don't get our emails, go to wethepeopleconvention.org and give us your email and your phone number so I can text you. And Winston Churchill says, it is not a choice to fight evil, for you must fight evil, because it will either kill you now or kill you later, but it will surely kill you. Have a good week.